on today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. And so power and control is related to discipline. And so the wires are crossed of the person who's telling me this, they run my whole life. I depend on them for everything. And so that allegiance or that submissive side is natural many times to the role of being a child. Mm. And that's what's used against us to say now we have a definition of love for this family. We have this definition of kind of what relationships should look like, boundaries should look like. This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit BlackGirlsGettingTheirShiftTogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one-on-one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. The Tribe Vibe is a twist on ladies' night, focusing on self-care for black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula, a transformation life coach and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self-care, self-love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune in to this week's episode. For the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. I'm going to bring my beautiful guest out of the waiting room. Everyone say hello to the beautiful Joy. Hey, guys. Hey, Ursula. Hey, Joy. Thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Listen, everyone, if her voice sounds as sultry as I think it does, that's really what caught me. But I'll I'll get into it now. So Joy and I met on a mutual a healer. <laughs> yes. Yes. And please check her out. Dark Sugar Podcast on Instagram. 
She's wonderful. She, yeah. We've been on each other's shows. And one day I was sitting in my bed and she was streaming. And then I heard this sultry voice. I'm like, who is this? And it was Joy. <laughs> I do love your voice, though. I really do. You know what? I have to confess that I grew up listening to Delilah. Do you remember the radio personality? Delilah loves someone to... I'm telling you, your viewers know it. And I listened to her to go to sleep when I had trauma issues and couldn't sleep. I listened to radio personalities and it stuck. That's where it... Okay. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? So Who yes, I always felt it was soothing because it was soothing first to me. Right. But it's just the tone of your voice. I don't know. It's like it's dripping. It's a, little bit of that church, a little bit of that country, you know. Yeah, I, I love the tone of it. It's like that, like honey dripping down real slow, you know. <laughs> But that's how I met Joy, and I was instantly moved by her voice, and the things you were saying really touched my soul. So I reached out to Dark Sugar Podcast. I was like, I want to talk to her. Who is she? And so I've been blessed to have this beautiful soul. Oh, and the blessing just keeps on going. Thank you so much. Thank you for saying yes. I was very excited. I really was. Well, it says on your tag that you were a licensed clinical therapist. You just want to briefly tell us what made you want to get into the field of healing? Yes. Like I shared, you know, the world of healing found me first. Did it really? I had a childhood that was connected to abuse and neglect. And so when I ended up in foster care and connected to social workers and therapists, they got me to a place where I was better. I was stronger. I was able to identify who I was and my purpose. And I knew I wanted to do that for someone else. And I got my master's from Ohio State University. I've been working in trauma since I was probably 20 years old, but I've lived it since I was young. I did not know that about you. Wow. Yeah, you're right. It's, you know, I read somewhere and I, I feel it how people can turn their pain into purpose and that it does find them. I get it. I get it now. I never understood it before. Yes. And so I get this amazing opportunity to have people trust me when they're at their worst and give them back this better version of themselves. And it's, it's an honor really. Wow. That's some deep stuff. (laughs) (laughs) If they let me go deep, that's where you got to start at the root. Yeah. You know, I've gone a long time just at surface level and when those layers of the onion started peeling back, I was like, Ooh, oh, you gonna cry. <laughs> make me, it did. <laughs> like that gut-wrenching cry. Yes. Uh, and I'm still learning about myself. Mm. And I, I lived in a lot of dysfunction, grew up in it. And that's what motivated me 
for this topic because mm-hmm. we live in it so much. As you know, as a lot of us know, we don't realize that it's normalized dysfunction. Yes, because that is the only way you survive it, right? Because it's not safe to challenge that reality, that person in that role. That then puts you in the spotlight of abuse and neglect and being targeted and being traumatized. So you realize it's safer for me to just pretend. I'm already triggered. <laughs> I'm sorry. Come on. I, have, I had group therapy yesterday and I have it tomorrow. So we just you just gonna fill in the gap on Wednesday. I am, you know, because we have to now, as adults whose childhood trauma is creeping up in the present. We have to normalize it. We have to say the quiet part out loud to save our own soul and each other. What do you mean say the quiet part out loud? Because there is this freedom in being able to say the truth after so long of being silent. Yes. You have to because you're wired to believe that perception or that pattern or that presentation that you had to have. And then when you go against the grain and against the family rules and against your gut and say, no, that hurt, or that was wrong, or you were my uncle, or I didn't deserve that or whatever, fill in the blank. That's when you take back you. Listen, I agree because, you know, it's funny. I had a a conversation with a family member and I spoke my truth after all these decades and it was uncomfortable, but through therapy, I'm real. I have realized that, like you said, it was easier to stay quiet and Mm. safe. And I didn't realize that I was, experiencing secondary gaslighting from those said family members and it wasn't malicious on their part so in turn I normalized it oh I just had an aha moment and and that's the difference for you to say whether it's privately that you grow to this awareness of what you've been through and what you've been holding on to, or there's someone that you feel comfortable with to share your story, getting it out is, is where you have to start because you're honest to say in the construct of family, like even when you think about different cultures, it's strong. You think about the mm. black family, right? right? You know, this, this sense of even, you know, native American, like where you kind of start, and going against that, violating that, challenging that, from the very beginning, we're taught that that's not right. That's not allowed. That's mm-hmm. not godly for some of us. That's not right. And so our individual thoughts and our feelings are cut off at a very young age. Mm. Numb. Mm. Ooh, intentional so, numbing. Ooh, 
that's design. dangerous. It is <sighs> only when we figure it out. It's it's not the danger is us not drinking the Kool Aid and not playing along. But for a while, they do it because it's working. Wow. So we have a hello for you. Hello, Adrian. She said, hello, my dears. Happy hello. New Year. Happy New Year, Adrian. <laughs> Adrian, good to see you, sis. And thank you for the hello. So before we go any further, oh, yeah. Yes, Adrian, stop normalizing the dysfunction. It's so important. And when you say dysfunction, I want to kind of like have this definition that we can kind of come back to tonight, because what dysfunction is and what it feels like, Webster couldn't touch. Okay. Really? You know, because you have to define that trauma on your own. It doesn't look the same for every person. Everyone's story is different. So what I like to say is, of what that person experiences as normal, dysfunction is that thing that comes and interrupts that growth or development. So that can happen spiritually, something coming in the way of your spiritual growth. That can happen emotionally. We know those people who are emotionally stunted, they're 37, but emotionally they're 15. Something mm-hmm. came in between that growth. Mm-hmm. So that's what I look at dysfunction to say. What is normal for that child, their age, their previous patterns of behavior? Right. And now what's happening that's different? That's where that dysfunction seen. Wow. That's a lot. I always say when the trauma begins, the healthy development ends. Repeat that. When the trauma begins, Mm -hmm. the healthy development ends. Oh, mm, so that goes back to the stunted. It goes back. So many of us have not grown into ourselves because we're still back where it started. Mm. Yeah, it's scary and sad and lonely and really heavy carrying that around all by yourself. It is heavy. It definitely is heavy. Uh, oh, I can go so many different directions with you right now. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> because, well, I may have to invite you back because what yes. I want to say, oh, yes, what I want to say, that literally can take another hour. So we'll stay on track and I'll go with that infographic I sent you. Yes. And we'll talk about, so tonight we'll talk about family dysfunction and how we normalize it. Oh, but before Adrian said, ladies, look, I'm the daughter. Oh, the daughter of a hoarder. I've got the complex PTSD trying to fix everyone's ish. Yes. Yes. Adrienne. Wow. And thank you for trusting us with your yes. story. That's a huge step. But she's connecting the dots. 
connecting the trauma, even of generational that we see that might be the extension beyond her mother. That is the result of her mother and the result of that family construct. Yes. And the beautiful thing is uh, we can look at ourselves as the, we have stopped the generational cycle. You better say that. And it's a lot on the shoulders. I mean, I, I know it is for me, but standing in my truth and still learning how that gives the mm. power, just like Adrian, just she's coming into it. Adrian, thank you so much for sharing that. Wow. Yes. That's a lot. Be blessed. So let's get into this graphic right here. Joy, you're so cute to me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So if you grew up with parents that denied your needs, many of the ones listed above or below in this case, which one? Well, this is an audio podcast, so I'm going to read the list and then you let me know what sticks out to you. Mm -hmm. So, um, the parents were unpredictable, emotionally chaotic, mm. unavailable, had emotional outburst, withdrew their love, and boundaries were non-existent. Mm. Ooh, yeah. You know what? It's kind of what I shared. Trauma is very individual, right? To say mm-hmm. no one's one trauma is worse than the other. It Mm -hmm. feels real. And so it is real to us. Right. And so when I see that first one where there's unpredictable behavior in my work at my private practice, Grounded Guidance, I really have seen a lot of my clients related to that type of family system. These are the stories of having kind of even dissociative responses to a car door shutting, keys jingling, knowing by the footsteps what dad or mom was feeling and anticipating the worst. That's a lot of what children, and I'm talking about 30, 40 years old, what they experienced. Ooh, you just touched something that is so true. So I'm going to share something with you. So I, one of my parents, I felt safer with one than the other. Yes. And when that parent would come home, they would come home at five o'clock. So I'm with my other parent and we're, you know, we're having a good time. It's after school, just doing whatever you do. But the closer it came to five o'clock, really about 445, you could just feel this cloud come over the house. And then you're right at five o'clock and they came home at five o'clock on the dot every day. Mm. And I did not realize it how (laughs) the time five o'clock was so triggering because we didn't know the unpredictable. We didn't know what was going to come through the door. And you're right. Just hearing the, Mm. that's a lot. And that's the type of parent that has so much power and control 
that you can't decide how you feel until you know how they feel. You can't decide what you're going to do until you know how to pivot, how to. Yeah. Which leads to the people pleasing. Mm. It's included like a toy in the McDonald's bag, girl. Oh, my God. It's like, I don't want this toy. Why does this come with it? It's the feature, okay? Send that shit back. Yes. <laughs> so Adrian says, I have challenges with things that are not linear or logical. I need order. Yes, because that's how you were measured, Adrian. And now that is your concept of how you know things are right and okay. You measure too. Wow. And there's a safety in that, you know? When you build this awareness to say, my family isn't what I thought they were. I didn't know that there was things about my parents that I don't agree with. I don't want to emulate. I don't want to become like them. When that separation happens of identity and and paths, Mm -hmm. that can really rock your foundation of the last kind of years that you've had in this family of what's left the damage the burdens right but how does that look when we normalize it so this is the thing a lot of what normalizing is about facts right versus feelings to say what does that mean so when you are in a dysfunctional family Yes. Your feelings are usually not represented, not respected, not valued. Boundaries. And so then there's this other part where the truth and facts and reality is usually challenged or not supported. And there is some type of belief or family rule or way that things are kind of done in your family Mm -hmm. that continue the dysfunction. And so it feels normal at five o'clock to have a little jolt. Mm. It feels like it's a part of your day because you experience it every day. Right. You actually wait for it. And then when it happens, there is a release of your brain and your body that's satisfied that what you thought was going to happen, happened. Break that down a little more. I get what you're saying, but I'm not. So normalizing is really the suppression of that gut feeling, right? To say that feeling of fear that we sometimes have. We talk about fight or flight. I don't know if you've ever talked about that. But we have a response to stress. We have a response in our body of an alarm when things go wrong. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a dysfunctional family, those alarms, they get disabled because you can't survive. Oh, wow. In that Ooh. way. 
Wow. And so then what ends up happening is your body and your brain have to separate from the facts and your feelings. You're not allowed to feel. You're not allowed to think. You're not allowed to do things that go against that parent or the function of the family. Mm. So that's what normalizes it is having to maintain it, having to do it every day. It becomes reality. And that's how it becomes normal to say, what do you mean? That's happened since I was little. Or he does that to everybody. Or it's okay, dad was just tired from work. Whatever it is, through our words and our body and what we put up here, Mm -hmm. we have to keep it going. Mm. (laughs) that's that secondary gaslighting that's what it is because now to make sure that we don't get in trouble it has to be our fault yes wow so then we normalize that we must have done something wrong to the result that we're seeing that we should have changed. We should have prevented that becomes how we justify what we see. Mm. Because if we realize that it wasn't our fault and we don't deserve that and no mother, uncle, neighbor should ever treat us like that. Right. Oh, all hell would break loose. We can't afford that truth. Facts. Facts. So we stay with the secret. We stay with the shame. And this self-destructive, my fault. Yes. And, you know, I learned that last night in group therapy. Mm. And she talked about that it is self-abuse. Yes. And... I, I'm still learning, mm. but I used to think that the self-abuse was something that would be physically inflict, inflicted mm. upon yourself, mm. that is more than just topical. So when she said it is self-abuse, I was like, damn, that mm. it's so true. And it I is. love what Adrian said. She said, you don't talk about what goes on in this house. Yes. I wonder if our counterparts, do they use that language? Because I know <laughs> I know in, in our culture, just exactly what Adrian said. You don't yes. talk about what goes on in this house. Keep your mouth shut. Yes. Be seen and kids are seen and not heard. heard. <laughs> and so that sense of power and control is related to discipline. And so the wires are crossed of the person who's telling me this, they run my whole life. I depend on them for everything. And so that allegiance or that submissive side is natural many times to the role of being a child. Mm. And that's what's used against us. To say now we have a definition of love for this family. We have this definition of 
kind of what relationships should look like, boundaries should look like. Right. And that and becomes the definition of what we think all relationships, all. I'm so yes. triggered. I'm so triggered right now. That's our, that's our template. Our yeah. childhood gives us the templates of what a man should treat a woman, a woman should treat a man, a father, a mother, a pastor, a daughter. It's ingrained yeah. in us. It really is before therapy, or excuse me, during therapy, when I started having some kind of starting to get this self-awareness, and I realized that my past relationships were all copy and paste. It is. It's all we Ooh. know. And so we rinse and repeat, <laughs> you know, at least I did for so much of my journey of love. Mm-hmm. It was recycling what I had been damaged by. Right. Uh, we have another hello for you. Blind guy and his wife said, greetings. Okay, so I'm listening in and getting these folks food together and can't chat, but let me just say, and she's giving the light bulb emojis. I always ask everybody if something resonates in your soul, make your soul vibrate, drop the light bulb emojis, and there she goes. Bless you. And her food is so delicious. I wish we lived in the same city because- Man. Yeah, her food is, looks good. Yes. <laughs> but I like how you shared about kind of those unwritten family rules, right? Yeah. That help maintain the dysfunction to say, yeah, we can't let other people know what's going on. So keep everything a secret. Outsiders are bad. That kind of makes sure that everyone's in line. Oh, yes. And the family. If there's a fear of God, if there's a fear of retaliation or punishment or corporal punishment, right? Yes. And the spiritual abuse was very strong in the household. There's a lot going on. But I didn't know. Because it wasn't meant to, right? I mean, that's how it was maintained. And so the difference for us is when we realize the dysfunction that we experience, we're at an age where we feel like, We're responsible for participating in it. What do you mean? There's this responsibility part. When we think about how we contributed or went along with some of the dysfunction in our family, we usually are at an age, teenagers, 20, 30 years old. And by that time, we feel guilty. Like, why did I fall for that? What, you know, there's this kind of sense of what our age and what we're responsible now projected on the five-year-old who had no rhyme or reason of challenging the parent that they thought loved them. Mm. The family member that they trusted. And so a lot of that is different. And when you're healing a five-year-old as a 30-year-old. Right. Sometimes you forget that it wasn't your fault. Mm. Because we want to make sense. Just like Adrian said, we want to measure. We want two to two, two plus two to equal four. And in abuse and neglect and dysfunction, it doesn't add up. Wow. 
back to Adrian. I love what she said here. My bad. I picked the wrong parents. <laughs> you know what? I always tell people that, you know, because you can't pick your family. You know, you can't always choose who you grow up with, but you can choose the way that you allow them to treat you and the access mm-hmm. they have to you. That is your right. Yeah. Ooh. I've learned that sometimes you can realize that you're not the right fit for your family. Mm-hmm. You better say that. And when I learned that, it literally stuck me like this. Gosh. I was like, God damn. The like grief, I- the grief. You have to grieve that version of your life. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That would be you the. You can't take that abandonment with you. I like that. I love that. Not taking the. Oh, that's a word right there. Because if that's the lens you see love through and your ambition through and your potential, if you only see through that lens, you're not going to go as far as you deserve to go. That's some good stuff. Look, I'm writing into my notebook. That's some good stuff right there. And um, yes, Adrian, access denied. Sorry, not sorry. Right. And she also said the lack of transparency was always problematic for me. I refuse to live that way. God bless. Mm. That's that's some good stuff right there, Adrian. Yes. Ooh. And that's the thing, you know, Adrian, you have done exactly the difference of what it is to start the healing process. Because when you're normalizing dysfunction, you're kind of just blending in with your family and the way things have always been. And Adrian, you've got this courage now to be able to say something doesn't feel right. Yes. Just, just, just wonder, just peer underneath a little bit. You know, I think of Wizard of Oz when they bring that curtain and they see that he was orchestrating this the whole time. And you might have to sit with some of that mm. and say, is this what I want or is this what I was made to want? Is this what I like or is that what I pretended to like? And you have to separate what's really you and what's kind of left of that trauma version of you. Wow. To say you might not be the same. You might be better. Better for you in the end. And sometimes that means you won't bond or connect or relate to that family in that same way. And that's really hard. That is that is hard. It can be difficult. <clears throat> yeah. It, you know, it, it feels like the pull, push and tug, pull and p- push and pulling of 
what is normal, but you know it's not right for you. It's like eating a pound of M&Ms. You know it's not good for you, but it it feels good. Yes, it, it does. Good long-term effects. And And being able, again, to know that if something that you are doing is getting in the way of your potential, your goals, your health, your relationships, that's the red flag you need to pay attention to, to say, I am eating a pound of M&Ms every day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we got to look get at a, You're going to get a kick out of this. <laughs> Blind guy, his wife and their life said, hey there. And she's talking to Adrian. I'll talk to you after my therapy session here with Joy Hall. Let me lie down on this couch. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm actually rolling out a program through Instagram where I'll be able to do counseling. So, yeah, let's funny. talk about that at the end. Thanks I definitely want to share that. Yeah. And- <laughs> but I love that. Yes, lay down. You know, and 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 people don't realize that when it comes okay. to real therapy and that trauma work, it's the same as if you would work out at a gym. Right. Mm-hmm. To go through all of those filing cabinets of memories and feelings and opening all that up again, that takes a lot of courage. It's hard. Indeed. Work. Indeed. And it, it's ongoing. I didn't realize. I thought it meant before. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a sprint. No. <laughs> And that's the goal. Isn't that crazy? The goal is to never stop growing and evolving and bettering yourself. That's a perfect way to say. I love that positive twist to it. Yes. I hope you never stop learning, Ursula. I hope you never stop inquiring about what's best for you and just evolving into who you deserve to be and, and who we need in this world. I, I hope you never stop fighting. I don't want to stop either because I realize that I'll be transparent. I realize that I had put so much into pouring into others. And Mm. just now I just had an aha moment. Somebody put a light bubble emoji in in the chat for me that I poured so much into making sure everything was okay as a child mm. and altering, uh, altering my person. What were you going to say? Talk to me. I, 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 I want to go there with you, right? Yeah. What you just shared. Okay. There is so much transparency in what you connected to, to say, guess what? As a child, that was my love language, Right. To say there was something on the other end of what you did that became worth it. Maybe there was some approval from someone who never gave you approval or access to freedom or food or just just that connection that you might not have had access with. Definitely emotional neglect. Oh, yes. So you had to earn. Yes, I did. And that became your definition, your lens. And there's parts of you that still feel like you have to earn. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
That's why the healing doesn't stop. It doesn't. But there has to be that part for you, again, that when you do catch yourself kind of even in your mind impulsively wanting someone to like you or right. fearful that they won't, that's your stop sign to say, well, <laughs> wait a minute. Hold up. <laughs> wait I a don't minute. even know you or evaluate the relationship to say, this is third base. We're on first base. Or right. this is earned over time of building trust. This isn't something I give away for free. Mm-hmm. You have to stop and look first. Absolutely. So my jam now has been what's going on in the subconscious with me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? I always think about that because like we're saying, when we maintain this dysfunction as normal, it usually is in the de- the the focus of protection, right? Like we don't want to get hurt and we don't want to get yelled at, right? Mm. Or then there's this other part where it's like prevention, where there is a consequence that just really can destroy us, right? To say subconsciously, there is this fear that something bad is going to happen, right? Mm. And that actually motivates and influences and controls who we are and what we do next. Right. It's that fear. And it can be something they see where I'm scared of being hit. I'm scared of having something taken away. It can be environmental. Like you said, the energy changes. The cloud comes in. We're walking on eggshells, many of us. Yes, which translated into anxiety. Ursula, it's by design because if you look at that person that has the power, they have to keep you on that short emotional leash. And it becomes that yo-yo of you just really, yes. Yes. Not being in control of your thoughts or your feelings or you were like a puppet, not a person. Hold on, let me write that down. <laughs> I always tell people, I'm I'm a person, not a puppet. Get your hand on my ass. Right. Stop wow. trying to turn my no into a yes. Stop trying to punish me emotionally so that I do something that you want me to do. To submit. Girl, I cannot right now. Adrian said, I have this. You know what, Adrian? Good for you. I have decided to not treat other people better than I treat myself. I'm Ooh. the baby. You better speak your speech, yes. Adrian. That's right. Mm. That's right. I love what she said about I'm the baby. Yes. When she says that, it makes me think about the inner child work. Yes, I just had a week on that. And, and yes, and we focused on really how when you're working on yourself to become something that you love, you have to start with that love from the beginning. Mm-hmm. To say you got to fall in love with yourself, the person you're working on and investing in. Mm. And that is really something I think even like Adrian said, it's like, you have to put yourself first. 
when you're dealing with the inner child, right? You have to be kind to yourself. Mm. Realistic that it takes time and it's not about being perfect at recovery and healing like you put the pressure on being perfect in your the rest of your life, right? Oh, perfect. Okay, uh black superwoman complex. That's where the genesis. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, it's real. Um blind guy and his wife said short emotional leash. Trigger words have me medicating and she has a martini glass. Yes. It's so true because you feel like you said pulled in so many directions that you don't know. Right. And then as an adult, we're needing people to decide things for us. Like, is this okay? What do you need? Um, I'm sorry. Overly apologizing. You know, yes. Yes. You have to do things to earn that they're not mad at you anymore. I have to go buy him something right now. I have to go do something because I'm indebted to people. That's, was my template. The people pleasing right there. That's all I hear. So I've listened to Dr. Caroline Leaf. Yes. You've heard of her? I've heard of her, but I haven't gotten into her work. Yeah, you should. She, okay. She's all about talking about how trauma affects the brain. Mm. So. And how to rewire and clean up your messy mind. Mm. And she talked about the people pleasing, whether you are a shock absorber or a peacemaker. And that most of us, we it's fluid. We go in and out, but yes. most of us go straight to the shock absorbent, just like a car. And before you let people like, let them figure it out. Okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. And you're pretty much, you're being the shock absorber and you're taking all the hits and the licks and the abuse Mm. just to keep the peace. Mm. And when she said that I was at work, I almost fell out my chair. I, I know that that speaks to me. I feel a little disrespected, a little seen, and yeah, I feel, okay? I feel so seen. I literally, I remember I was working, and I stopped, and I had to take a couple of deep breaths. Like, get out my life, Doctor Lee. Exactly. <laughs> but it's so true, and I'm grateful for people like her that again say the quiet part out loud. And Mm. give us this freedom of understanding that that's not our fault. Mm -hmm. Because that is really where the damage kind of lives is in feeling like there's nothing we can do right. And everything that we do is wrong. Mm. And so to be able, like you said, to catch that critic. Right? Yeah. Yes. That this part of you that just keeps going on and on about your flaws and your faults and what you need to fix, you have to become instrumental in kind of calling that voice out and stopping your mind towards that energy. Joy. You're making me feel so exposed right now. <laughs> I always tell people, just because it rains doesn't mean you have to pick it up. 
right? As you're transitioning into these healthier parts of you, the old habits will show up, but you have to show up differently if you're going to fight against it. I love that. And I was going to ask you, but you know, you're in my head. I was going to ask you, well, what, what can someone do right now right if now, they don't have a therapist, if they don't have a coach or like what, what's something that they can do, but you just gave a beautiful gem right there. Yes. I think it's so important to just really clean house, right? I always mm. think about that closet that we have clothes that don't fit us anymore things that we borrowed and never given back, things that we pull out and we don't know how it got there. Our life can be like that. And our trauma can be like that too. And so when you're healing, it's about taking out these parts of you and examining them to say, do they fit? I love that. Yeah. You know, I, I thought about this. It, it likens when you clean out your closet and say, if you lost if you lost 20, 30 pounds, but sometimes we keep the clothes in the closet just in case. In case. We do like, that with trauma too. I didn't know that until just now. Thank you. <laughs> I do it too, right? Because that uh, was our security blanket that we needed for so long that it is kind of attached to us in a way. Yes. And we live in our past traumas or even present traumas yes. and it defines us because there's parts of it that make us feel really special and talented and mm. attached to people and wanted there's superpowers that we have related to our trauma that we can guess things and know things and change things and we have a way of seeing things because of what we've been through. And those things are hard to let go of. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, Adrian is so cute. Look what she said. Joy to the world. <laughs> yes. And that's what I'm trying to do, Adrian. I'm trying to get out there so that people like you and me know that it's okay to not be okay. And yes. that healing takes time if you're going to do it right. Mm. Adrian said a lot of that ish don't fit by related I, to the clothes, related to the trauma. That's right. You, you have to go through the pile and pick out what really works for you. Exactly. Can you read the comments as I post them? Yes. Oh, good. So blind guy and his wife said, well, this is a release to have confirmation that I do not have mm, do not have to be the bumper bus, bustling around being the shock mm. absorber to keep others from being hurt. Mm. And that's exactly what Dr. Leaf said. She said, sometimes if, if bruises are going to come, let it let it bruise the person. We mm. don't have to take on those bruises for people <sighs> because then we walk around with the anxiety because we're taking that absorbing what's going on with them. And then said person, they go about their life. Why should they're okay? Because someone absorbed. Exactly. All, all, all the messiness going on. All of it. We become the vacuum because we think that's what we have to do. 
And there's a part of us that thinks that we're good at it. And that's our love language to say, I don't want anyone to feel what I'm feeling. So we're doing it out of love, but it's destructive for both parties. And distort it. Mm. Uh, yes. I feel so sick. If mm. you all would love for Joy to come back like I do, please put a put put some hearts, put some light bulb emojis, some put something in there. I Joy, I really want you to come back. I'm back. Let's go. I love it. So we're going to start winding down. Since you said you'll come back, we can save the other topics for later. But please tell everybody where they can find you. Talk about your courses that you have coming up on your Instagram. And while you talk, I'm going to drop the link again in the show notes, excuse me, in the comment thread. And also anyone listening on Facebook. Oh, we already, there you go. We already have some hearts. So I guess you have to come back. Okay, let's do it. Candy Candy is amazing. She also talks a lot about self-love. Yes. We'll have to come on together because self-love is necessary. Yeah, she's very in tune. I yeah, we did a, a two hour stream and we still talked after. Yes. Beautiful. But when song. you connect to those types of energies and those types of spirits, it's man, you just can't fill up. It's just amazing. It just is like tonight. Oh, she said she'd love to come on with it's done. And she is going to be an upcoming guest. We may need to do okay. We're going to do something. Girls night. Yeah. Candy, I'll call you. (laughs) Yeah, she is coming up in a couple of weeks. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. I want you to check her her YouTube channel out as well. But yes, please tell us about your Instagram. So guys, I am Joy. I have my own private practice, Grounded Guidance Counseling, which is now with the pandemic based on telehealth for those within Ohio and on Instagram and TikTok, I can be found under at find more joy because joy is my name. And that's what I try to bring to everyone. And so on Instagram, you'll find that I have this real passion for mental health awareness. And I found a way to bring comedy and performing arts together and we have a whole lot of fun. My platform's called The Neighborhood, and I am your friendly neighborhood therapist. I hope you come and visit me on Instagram. I will, Ursula, be taking on some chats with my followers. I'm going to roll out a service for kind of a therapeutic touch so that I can be there for those that don't have anybody. Really? Yes. And it's called Choosing Joy and it rolls out this Friday because joy is a choice. And if you're ready for that journey, then we need to talk. All right. I'm so grateful, Ursula. Thank you. (laughs) Adrian says, I love it. And Candy, and this is true, divine timing. I believe in it. 
Won't he do it? Ooh, 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 ooh. So uh, while you were talking, I dropped all your links. Thank you. Yes. And everyone, please follow Joy. If you, She just sprinkles little joy everywhere. So make sure if you want some more sprinkles of joy, go to her Instagram. And I put it in the YouTube show description as well. So there's no excuse, people. No excuse. And Come by. Also- We're learning mm. how to laugh through the lessons of life. Join mm. us. I love it. Do you have any parting words? You know, I just want to appreciate everyone that is taking that first step. Yes. I want you to know that I'm already proud of you. Mm. And you are doing exactly what you need to do. Keep going. Mm. Oh, you know what? Oh, wait, here we go. Just whenever I end, blind guy and his wife says, when you meet those kindred spirits who are in the space of peace and progress, then that love overflows. Cannot wait for part two. Oh, my gosh. She's such a wordsmith. But it's the truth because I felt you through Dark Sugar's podcast, Dark Brown Sugar. I did. And I adore Kiana. I mean, talking to Kiana was like talking to Candy. We talked for, and there was a connection. So I agree. Thank you, Laquita, for it. Oh, yeah. Joy, guess what? What? You are a black girl that has her shift together. Ah! I love my melanated sisters because every time I do that, everybody does this at the end. The Carlton? Yes. Everyone, thank you so much. Joy, stay on. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. This was everything like I thought it would be. Make sure and tune into the audio podcast. Go to blackgirlsgettingtheirshifttogether.com. You're going to see all the merch, the digital products, upcoming events, everything. And make sure, please like, subscribe to this video. Have a good evening, everyone. Thank you, Joy. Thank you. the queen sisters manifesting their dreams get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem beauty supreme and booty walk so mean the way you fit in them jeans you eat your cornbread and greens dance or a doctor red wine or vodka redesign your spot and redefine your mantra retwist your locks and realign your chakras doing your squats and getting closer to god huh brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip adjust your crown you guys give to the world sis celestial body drink your water meditate sun kiss goddess heavenly order Tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. Thank you for joining. 
joining me on this episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. If anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you and I love you all.